So, oh, Jesus can't save me. Yes, he can. Oh, Jesus can't help me. Yes, he can. Oh, you don't, need, you don't know my life. I don't need to know your life. Jesus knows your life. Amen. Verse 44, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're like, wait a minute, this is new, this is different. We've already had the day of Pentecost. We've already seen what happened in Jerusalem as multitudes of, of Jewish believers from around the continent had come together for this feast and in their different languages and backgrounds, but all Jews and the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they believed and they became Christians and, and now you have it happening very particularly and uniquely to a large group of non-Jewish men and women. And it says, verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which, has, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then they prayed him to tarry there certain days. What a beautiful story. And there's just five things I want to look at fairly quickly this morning as we think about this. What makes this story? What, is, what does this story mean for us? What do we need? What, is, what, is, what, what can we take away from this today? This was the book of Acts 2,000 years ago. This is important. Remember when the book of Acts began? Remember what Luke said? Luke said, the former treatise that I wrote for you, Theophilus, the former letter that I wrote for you, he's talking about the gospel of Luke. He says, you remember when I gave you the gospel and it's all that Jesus began to, to do and teach, that he began both to do and to teach? And, and he tells Theophilus, you remember that? And, and then he writes this book of Acts and he says, well, that's what he began. Now I'm giving you this book of, of not, listen, not what Jesus does, but what his followers do or what Jesus does through his followers in the church. So let me say that again and make sure we get this. In the book of Luke, he wrote the gospel to show us everything that Jesus did and taught. And the book of Acts shows us everything that the church did and taught through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus working and moving through them. Say amen. And you're going to find that everything they did in the book of Acts echoed and mirrored what Jesus did in the Gospel of Luke and beyond. In other words, the church did what they were supposed to do. They lived like Jesus. They looked like Jesus. They acted like Jesus. They spoke like Jesus. They shared the same message and offered the same hope that Jesus offered. And that should not have changed in 2,000 years. But what deeply concerns me, beloved, is that we're approaching a day, at least in the United States, where the church has somehow decided that what Jesus began to do and teach, we can now say, we'll take it from here, and we'll do it our way. And I just want to say, beloved, that our way is almost certainly going to be the wrong way. We want to do it God's way. And so what a beautiful picture we have here. So what do we learn? Five things we can learn. But number one, what, what starts this story? What, what, what begins this, this, this entrance of the gospel to the Gentiles? What, what happens? Number one, faithful attendance of the people of God. The faithful attendance of the people of God. Notice what the Bible says in verse 33. Now therefore are we all here. We are all here to hear from you. This whole group, we are here. Every one of us, we heard the message. We, can't, we are all here. Now, who is all? 
Who is all? Well, in this situation, it's everyone that needed to be there. Amen. We are, we are all here. I love the fact that the story doesn't say, Cornelius doesn't start by saying, now therefore, uh, most of us are here. There's a few that couldn't make it because they had a little league game or the Bulldogs were playing. Oh, am I preaching or am I meddling now? Amen. No, we are all here. Everyone that needed to be there was there, beloved. I want to tell you that in 2,000 years it has not changed. You and I must attend to the faithful attendance, that we must commit to the faithful attendance of the people of God. We have to be committed to church. We cannot let anything keep us from coming together in the body of Christ and loving each other and learning from each other what God has for us to know. Amen. There's no excuse for that. And I've seen people slowly, 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 and it rarely happens just instantly, but one service and then two and then three and then before long you can't find them in church anymore. Beloved, we need to be committed to the faithful attendance of the people of God. You need to realize, and when I'm talking about the faithful attendance of the people of God, in this passage we're talking about Jew and Gentile. We're talking about people coming together, different backgrounds, different color, different different upbringing, different, different status, different whatever you want to put. But when we come together, we come together in the body of Christ. And we are the same because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And you've heard me say it for 15 months, so you're going to hear me say it one more time. You are important to this church. Even for those that are still watching at home that, that aren't quite ready to come back out yet, that don't feel it's safe, and that's fine. There's a difference between somebody who can't be at church and somebody who won't come to church. And so we don't, we don't look at that. We look at that differently. We understand that. And thank God for the technology that people who would love to be here that can't be here can watch. Amen. We need to realize that you are important to the body of Christ. This church needs you. Your new pastor is going to need you. The faithful attendance of the people of God is the first thing that we need to return to in a commitment in the church of Jesus Christ today. And then number two, number two, we need to have a faith awareness that controls the mind of the people in the service. Now, what do I mean by that? It says we are all here present before God. We need to have a faith awareness that controls the mind of the people in service. When you and I are, when we come to church, we're, we're, not, we're not going to, we're not, we're not at a, a stadium, we're not at a sporting event, we're not at a country club. When you walk into the doors of this building, when we come together, people indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, we are the body of Christ. And when we come together with Christ in us, we come together with all the power and all the presence of God, and we should never take that lightly. That God is here because you are here as his child. Amen. When we come together, God, and where two or three are gathered in my name. I love that. God says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen. We're looking at that in our devotions. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but we're working through Genesis. We're going to get to that point where you know the story, where Lot winds up in Sodom and Gomorrah, and God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abram knows about it. And so Abram begins negotiating with God. You remember the story? If I find 100 men, all right, I'll spare the city. How about if I find 50, I'll spare the city. He finally gets it down. Hey, what if I find, find 10, I'll spare the city. I mean, he got that thing way down there. The sad truth is, even when he got it way down there, he still couldn't find enough right men to spare that city but do you realize that God and Abraham's entire conversation was built around this in fact when it's all said and done God looks God says to Abram he, he looks at him and he says Abram know this 
I'm going to spare Lot. Not because of Lot, but because of you. Beloved, do you and I realize that when we gather together on Sunday morning hear the preaching of the Word of God, and we gather together as the people of God in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts and lives, and He wants us to know that what we're hearing, when we take it with us, when we leave the doors of this church this morning, and we go out into the world in this week to come, what we're hearing and what we're receiving and what God wants us to do may very well make the difference between whether or not God finally decides to close the doors on the United States of America. And we gather together in church on Sunday morning that we need to have a faith awareness that we are in the presence of God. And our hearts and minds need to be tuned to him and we need to hear from God even, even when all of the things in the world are shouting at us and all of the distractions. While you hear me pray almost every Sunday, lift the burdens, lift the cares, remove the distractions so that we may hear from God. Don't get up and come to church because it's something you've always done. Get up and come to church because you can't wait to get together in the presence of the people of God and feel the power of God and be encouraged and challenged from the word of God. And be aware that when you and I are here, God is here with us. Amen. Faithful attendance, a faith awareness. And then number three, when we gather together, we need to give full attention to what God says. Look at, the, look at what it says in verse 33 again. We are all here before God to hear. To hear. Now, I shared that last week. How many times we go to church, the preacher preaches, and we're not listening. If we are listening, we listen just long enough to leave and say, you know, that, that, what he, that's just the preacher. He's, don't listen to him. No, if, you know, and there are, there, are, there, beloved, it breaks my heart to know that there are seminaries and so-called Bible colleges and professors and theologians who will tell you that the Bible is only the word of God where it fits your life. And if you don't like part of it, then that just means it isn't the word of God for you. No, it's either the word of God or it is not. And you either believe all of it or none of it. Amen. And we need to hear the word of God even when our pastor gets up on those great Sundays when he gets up and he tells us we're saved and we're singing about the blood and we're celebrating. And I'm going to tell you, I was excited with the singing this morning. Amen. But then those sermons when the preacher gets up and he starts, he starts telling us that maybe there's some things in our lives that don't belong there and we need to get our hearts right with God. Maybe we need revival. Amen. See, a strange thing has happened in this country. I've seen it in my lifetime. I've seen it. I've seen a couple things happen. Number one, I've seen preachers move from preaching about specific sins to just using the word sin. We need to ask God to forgive us for our sins, and then they don't name them. What sins? What's a sin? Well, the Bible tells us. Amen. You want to know what a sin is? Read the Bible. It'll tell you. Amen. We got preachers need to, but now we've moved in my lifetime to where you'll never even hear preachers use the word sin or sins. Oh, if they're bold, if they're bold, they'll talk about our faults and our shortcomings. Maybe one of them might even risk his job and talk about our failures. But you know what you don't have today? Is you don't have enough men standing behind the pulpit and saying, that we need to address the things in our life that are no longer in alignment with the word of God. When you come to church, beloved, when you and I come to church, we cannot come to church to hear what we want to hear. Remember, Paul wrote, and he said, the day will come when men will have 
itching ears. They'll, and I think I shared this. They'll come to church and they'll want the preacher to do what we do with our cats and our dogs. Right? Mm-hmm. Cat gets, my cat gets in my lap. Now my cat, my cat who would not have anything to do with me when she was younger, she's old now and feeble. And she wants to sit in my lap and wants me to love on her. And I'm like, where were you all these years when I wanted to love on you and you wouldn't let me? But she's even more bold about it now. I'm sitting there. She will climb up. She gets her feet. She puts her feet on my chest and she gets her face right there. She never did that. And then she gets, and then, and then if I do, if I like look away, she puts her head under my chin and she. And then I just start rubbing her head. Just, and, and then she's just like, oh. And I'm like, you sorry rascal. <laughs> I love my cat. Amen. No, when we come to church, beloved, we don't come to church so the pastor can scratch our ears, stroke our egos. There are going to be those services, and thank God there'll be more of those services where it's more of a celebration than anything. Amen. But we need to remember there's a time when we need to hear what we need to correct the course we're on because, as I've already said, it's not just our life that's in jeopardy. It's the very nation that we live in. We need to hear full attention to what the Word of God says. We are all here before God to hear, number four, all things that are commanded thee of God. Which means, number four, we need a firm announcement of what God tells the preacher to say. As I was growing up, I had a preacher who used to say, we need men who will boldly preach the Word of God. And I really don't need any other way to preach it, amen? Not have any kind of life or survive. I mean, pr- boldly preach the Word of God. If you know what it is, you're going you're to approach depending on how you believe the Bible, you're, you're going to approach it a very different way. I believe it's the Word of God. I don't take it lightly, or at least I try not to, and I probably do more than I should, amen? But the reality is, beloved, it's the Word of God. And we need preachers who will firmly announce what God has told them to say unashamed and one preacher when I was growing up used to say we and I don't even know what it means but I'll never it's burned in my mind he talks about all these penny pension nickel lipping soft soap and pink tea and lemonade preachers that wear lace around their britches we don't need those in the pulpits we need men of God amen so what in the world did you just say I don't know but it's burned in my head I heard my preacher say it here and I can't get it out of my mind I think he's saying we don't need weak-willed men standing in the pulpit to preach the truth. We need men who are committed to God, who will faithfully and forcefully declare the word of God when it's needed and when we need it most. Amen. What has God commanded you to say? Boy, if we could ever wrap our minds around that. On our best days and our worst days with our pastors, they have spent the week, if not longer, in their study and in the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God commanding us and commanding our pastors, commanding those men what to say. And so then that brings us to the fifth thing. And the fifth thing covers the whole rest of the chapter. (laughs) Faithful attendance of the people, faith awareness that we're in the presence of God, full attention to what God says, a firm announcement, and then number five, fully accept. Fully accept the results. Verse 44 through 48. In fact, verse 34 through 43, you could talk about the firm announcement. Peter, he doesn't pull punches. He says, Jesus, you know the story. He came. You know how my people crucified him, put him on a cross. But, but then after three days, he rose from the grave openly, 
to the witnesses, to those who believed. He went to, came to us, and we're sharing the message, and, and now the message is coming to you. And then in verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell on them which heard the word. And they were, I love this, those who were of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Note what happened here. When Peter went, he didn't go alone because in verse 45, he obviously came with some other Jewish believers because there were those who were with him, plus there were those who may have been even there in Cornelius' household. And so now they're all gathered together. And so now you have these Jewish believers, and they're astonished because they're beginning to see that when God said his grace was meant for every man, when God said it, he meant it. Amen. Because they're seeing now not just these Gentile men and women and children believing and accepting Christ, but the Holy Spirit of God is falling upon them in the same power with which he fell on them on the day of Pentecost. The power of God is not exclusive to a denomination, to a color, to a race. Because the Bible says God, in verse 34, is no respecter of persons. You want the power of God in your life? And all you and I need to do is trust him and walk with him. Listen to his word. Let him lead us and guide us. And he will empower us to do what he wants to do through us. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. By the way, you want to know if somebody's truly, you want to know if somebody really belongs to God? You want to know if somebody's really a child of God? You want to know when they really get it? It'll be, it'll be when their praise changes. Amen? And they stop singing, well, they stop singing pop music. They start singing praise music. Amen. You got to be careful because I, I, I got, um, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> not everything that calls itself Christian is. Amen. Not everything that's not Christian is bad. You, you better, I, my, oh. Somebody say amen. Somebody say hurry up preacher before you get in trouble. <laughs> I was joking. He didn't mean actually to say that, but thank you. Amen. No, listen, beloved. When God moves, songs like the ones we sang this morning, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you, you can't help but you, 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 you want to raise your hand, even if you are a Baptist. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you do like, I, you know, when I was in Bible college as a kid, I used to sit up front. I've... I, I don't know when it changed. When I go to church, I sit up front. At some point, I started moving back. I've moved back to the front now, not just because I'm a preacher and I have to. But, but I, I like to sit in the front. In fact, I get mad when I get to church late and all the front seats are taken, which is not that often in a Baptist church. I'm just saying. But for the record, I like to be up close to the preaching. And so we'd stand up and we'd sing, the preacher would get to preaching. And, and we'd be singing. And, and, and during the singing, and, 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 and this would be me in the singing, you know, because we were Baptists. And I was in one of those Bible colleges where, you know, both feet can't leave the ground. That's just not, amen. Little, you know, so, and I'd be doing that, and the kids, and all the kids behind me would be like, they'd give me a hard time about that. And, I, and the preacher would be preaching, and I'd just lean forward, and he'd say something, and I'd just sit there, and I'd go, wow. 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 Stuff I'd never heard before. First, I'm learning the word of God. Wow. I didn't, wow. We'd be walking through the halls. The other students would look at me and they'd go, wow. <laughs> oh, beloved, when you're a child of God, you're going to have that wow. And you don't ever want to lose that wow. 
And when the Spirit of God fell upon Cornelius and the others that were there, they magnified God. And we're not always, and, and I'm not, I'm going to close this for amen. Beloved, you, 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 I'm not saying that we should always, always look and just, just talk about nothing but Jesus, although that might not be a bad thing. But sometimes the conversation of our life is filled too much with things other than those things which edify and show the world that God is alive and real and that Jesus rose from the grave, that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. Amen. See, how do you, how do you tell someone who's never experienced resurrection what resurrection is like? hard. But in this chapter, and what we read this morning, when the Holy Spirit of God moved, they didn't have to explain anything after that. They got it. Amen? And beloved, if you will be the church that God wants you to be, if you will be the people that God wants you to be, if you will commit to being here as often as you can be here, amen, you're not always going to be here. Here's the thing, if, if, if you can miss church and not miss it, something's wrong. Amen? But if you're one of those people, and, 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 and I'm saying, and, and I've been in preachers, don't feel guilty. I mean, I didn't see you Sunday, and they want to, you know, because now we're legalists, and we don't want to do that either. Amen. But what I'm saying is, when you begin to reach the point, and I'm trying to close, when you begin to reach the point where you'd rather be anywhere, but in the presence of the people of God, in the house of God, in the word of God, on Sunday morning, then something is wrong in our life. Oh, beloved, when we commit to that and when we commit to praying for each other and praying for our pastors and praying that when we gather together, the word of God would move and the spirit would fall. And at the end of the service, people say, what happened in church that morning? The answer is the people were magnifying God. Then, then we'll have it right. At least just a little bit more. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? your heads bowed, your eyes closed, my question for you is this. Do you know that Jesus died for you? You're here this morning, maybe you're watching us online. Do you understand that this message that I've shared, that what Cornelius learned, what Peter shared, is the message that of all the people who've ever lived in the world, there's only one who gave his life for you? And his sacrifice being so perfect and accepted by Almighty God that he rose from the grave on the third day. And his resurrection gives you and I a power to rise and live a life like we've never known before. And that's only made possible because of Jesus. And we don't need to diminish that or water that down. Just trust Jesus. Just take God at his word. And you will never find him to be a liar or a deceiver. You will never find his word to be wrong. And I can't convince you of that. All I can do is tell you what the Bible says. Taste and see for yourselves. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you know you're a Christian like me, and say, oh, I know Jesus died for me. I'm a child of God. Do we need to love the church more? Do we need to pray for our pastors more? Do we need to realize what a powerful and wonderful thing it is to gather together on Sunday mornings? Not just because, oh beloved, not just because we need this, but because the world needs us to need this. Father, in the midst of a day when 
more and more. People are saying no to you and saying no to the church. And even among believers, we're finding it hard to summon the strength to be faithful. You told us that in the last days, that would be one of the signs. I pray, Father, that rather than this being a sign of the last days, that it would just be the Holy Spirit drawing us and reminding us of the power and the wonder that is worship. And that you would bring revival and renew within the hearts of your people and the hearts of every church around the globe a passion to be together as the people of God. That you would take this church, Father, that has been full before and that you would fill it again, not just with people, but with people who truly want to worship you and know what it means to be a child of God. And do all that in the coming weeks and months and years under the leadership and the partnership between the man of God that you have brought to this congregation. And do this, Lord, as you did in the book of Acts and beyond for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen.